a new drug which raises high-density lipoprotein and lowers low-density lipoprotein has nevertheless disappointed investigators we've been hearing at the ACC conference. The RADIANCE-1 study looked at 900 patients with familial hypercholesterolemia who had very high LDLs. Good candidates, you might imagine, for treating with torcetropib, a cholesterol ester transfer protein, that's CETP inhibitor, which has a powerful effect on lipids. I asked John Casterline to tell me about the RADIANCE study and the hopes they held out. The study enlisted FH heterozygotes with very high LDLs, as you say. Um, we actually treated them to a gold standard, which is high-dose Lipitor or atorvastatin therapy, that reduced their LDLs to around 130, 140, which is still high, but we know all in these kind of people you very rarely get to very low LDL. So we treated them with the gold standard, high-dose statin therapy, and then we randomized them to either continue that therapy or the addition of this molecule torcetropib. We already knew from previous studies in smaller numbers that we could expect robust increases of HDL and great decreases of LDL. So we had very high hopes. What indeed happened? Uh, nothing, to put, it, to put it bluntly. So the primary endpoint of the study, which is the thickness of your arterial wall in the carotid arteries, which predicts heart attacks, didn't show any change between the two treatment arms. Actually, there was a secondary endpoint that showed harm. It showed progression for the torcetropib-treated patients versus the atorvastatin alone patients. So this was a terrible disappointment. What do you think might be going on to cause that result? Because this result was so unexpected, we have not built in into the trials anything that can help us right now to answer that question. So all we can do is go back to the stored samples, do post hoc analyses, measure novel things. But my take is, is that in order to counterbalance all these beneficial effects in terms of HDL and LDL, you need to have a molecule that's really bad for your arterial wall. So I th my take on this is that this molecule directly affects the arterial wall and does something to cause progression of atherosclerosis. Now, uh, Steve Nissen's group is finding that, in fact, there's a blood pressure effect. I, but I take it you, you don't think that's the whole story causing this negative or zero effect? No, because the blood pressure effect in our trial was only 2.1 millimeters mercury. Now, of course, that's not good. I mean, that's not good. But 2.1 millimeters of mercury is not able to counterbalance a 50% increase in HDL and a 20% decrease in LDL. It's simply not enough to explain this negative result. So we need more to, to actually be able to understand this. We've also been hearing here at the ACC in New Orleans comments about baby HDL and a more mature, if you like, HDL. Do you think that's something to do with this unusual story? Well, that's actually a very good question. Um, it could be. It could be that when you raise baby HDL, that that's actually a better thing than raise somewhat older mature HDL. The interesting thing is, is that there are very good data from Alan Toll's group at Columbia University in New York that suggest that these mature HDLs do their work just as well as the baby HDLs, only through a different receptor. So there is no scientific evidence for the notion that baby HDL would be better than mature HDL. 
And I must ask you to comment briefly on what we've been hearing here about the use of reconstituted HDL, which could well be baby HDL. Do you think that could be one way to go? That is definitely one way to go because both Steve Nissen's group as well as Jean-Claude Tardif's group showed that infusion of baby HDLs led to regression of coronary atheroma. So what we can say is that that definitely is a therapy with a promise. Whether creating mature HDL has anything of a promise, we will need more trials. But could I get you back to your central idea of using a drug to raise HDL? I think we've all absorbed from this meeting of the ACC that increasing HDL is a very worthwhile goal. But it looks as if doing this by drugs is not turning out to be too uh, easy to do. It actually turns out to be very complicated to do. But fortunately, there are more CTP inhibitors already in advanced stages of development actually at Roche and at Merck Sharpen Dome. So all it now takes is a courageous uh, a clinical leader to say we are going to test these drugs with another imaging trial and that can then for example be an imaging trial of for example one year and so it won't have to be too long before we actually know that answer. So it's not because it's a cholesterol ester transfer protein inhibitor that's actually doing this damage to the arterial wall. You think some of the other agents working along that mechanism could be okay? I think they could be okay, but to be completely frank, we need trials because at the current time, it's pure speculation. And the message to clinicians out there who at the moment have the option, for instance, of using niacin, what would the message be that you would like to give at this point? The message is, is that what happens here has nothing to do with drugs that are currently on the market like niacin and fibric acid derivatives and that patients at high or very high risk of coronary disease with a low HDL should get their HDL increased by whatever means you can, jogging, moderate alcohol, losing weight or a fibric acid derivative or, ni or, or niacin. John Castelline from the University of Amsterdam talking to me during the American College of Cardiology meeting being held here in New Orleans. For the Audio Journal of Cardiovascular Medicine, I'm Peter Goodwin.